This is Fan POV Podcast. Welcome to Fan Pov. I'm Kevin Robinson. With me, as always, is my MVP in life, Mike Panamarzik. How you feeling, brother? Kev, I'm doing great, man. Ready to talk about some NBA playoffs today, man. Can't wait. Dude, it's incredible. How how great does it make you feel watching professional sports again right now? It's it's we've had it now for a couple weeks. We've got eight games in the bubble. Dude, how's that been for you? Kev, watching these games, every game feels like it's a playoff game. And I think the level intensity, the players' energy is up because they're not traveling across country. They're not going out at night. They're getting good sleep. They're getting good rest. Their mind is only on basketball. And us as fans have been the winners, man. The product has been phenomenal. If you're not watching, get on your TV and start watching, man. It's great. The NBA has done so good. They, they, gosh, man, could they have done it any better? It's perfect. I mean, it, no, absolutely zero cases of COVID. The players are playing hard, like you mentioned. It's not like people – I mean, guys are going hard. We've had breakout players. We've had breakout teams. We've had teams that we thought were dead in the water come to life. And right now, man, they're, they're, giving, me, uh, they're giving me nightmares. We'll talk about that a little bit in the episode. But, man, I, I think that they've absolutely nailed it all the way around. Could not have gone better. Um, but, dude, let's talk about the bubble. So we've got to witness how these teams are reacting – what it's like playing without fans, which I thought was going to be super weird. I don't know about you, but I'm like, I, I just, I don't know how they're going to have it set up. But the virtual fans are super cool. They are kind of pumping noise into the uh, into the uh, arena so that people can feel like it's real time. But I feel like the players are now more focused on each other and competing with each other as opposed to playing to the fans. So it's actually a really cool element. But Mike, let's talk about the bubble. Who stood out to you? And I know there's some familiar names, there's some popular names, but... Talk to me, either a player or team or several people. Talk to me about what you saw in the bubble. Who who blew your mind? Kev, I want to start off right away in saying Greg Popovich, 22 seasons directly in the playoffs, man. Shout out to the Spurs. What a role model franchise. They've had so many keystone players come through their franchise. Uh, no cons- no. No controversies, no cheating, no spying on other teams. Just a role, like a role model for all, man. Greg Popovich, I just want to give him his kudos because kudos are certainly earned. Um, yeah, what do you think about that? That incredible streak, Kev. Twenty-two years, man. I don't think people understand what twenty-two years means. As I'm getting older, and you and I are the same age. Actually, you're older than I am, so uh, <laughs> yeah. you take take that. We have it. But the thing is, is I might think back twenty-two years. That is a lifetime, man. 10 years is a lifetime. 22 years without a playoff miss. He finally gets knocked out this year under the circumstances. My opinion, um, you know, Kawhi was there, what, three years ago. He was injured that entire year. They haven't really had that much of a roster to work with the last four or five years, um, but he's done it consistently. So, yeah, it's an it's incredible feat. Probably won't be done again. <laughs> I mean, that's 22 years. Holy cow. Um, who even coaches for 22 years in a row, Mike? Jerry Sloan yeah. and who? And and this this isn't like it's L.A. Lakers, man. This is San Antonio and uh, yeah. this system, everything he's done for the game. And I'm sorry I kind of got off task there because I know you're talking about who stood out. But that stood out to me, number one, is just this phenomenal accomplishment by, you know, somebody else. He has a huge coaching tree in the league. There's no mistake about it. You know, his impact on the game, um, you know, coaching, general managers, players, Hall of Famers, uh, you know, dynasty enders. Hint, hint. But uh, Kev, you know who I want to talk about right off the get go? <laughs> you know how to throw that in there. Uh, uh, 
But we we got to talk about Porzingis, man. And you know, you knew I'd be coming with him, man, because he looks yeah. like he is fully healthy again. This man in the bubble, thirty point five points a game, ten rebounds, two assists, a block and a half, and this guy is just pulling up from three pointer like it's his job. I think he shot thirty eight or thirty nine percent from behind the arc. At one point, he's shooting from like half court. It seemed like, and to see him back. It's a great feel, man, because I really like the guy. Uh, obviously, the best thing he could ever done is get out of New York. So he's number one on my list. Wow, dude, that's such a good pull. Obviously, the favorites are Dame and you know Devin Booker and whatnot. But dang, that is such a good pull. That that speaks volumes to me. We're going to get into this in a little bit. We're going to talk about these Western Conference uh, matchups in, in round one. And I see that we've got the Clippers playing the Mavericks, which is intriguing to me. Very intriguing to me, especially with uh, Porzingis playing like this in the bubble. I think that's a great pick, Mike, especially playing you know right alongside Luka. And they've got some other players on that roster that are starting to bolster them into being relevant, being contenders. So um, great pull. What else you got on your mind? Kev, I mean, TJ Warren, he became a household uh, name. You know, the Indiana Pacer guy. Uh, this is Jake's boy that he talked about, but averaging 31 points. I really didn't know much about him, but he seems to have game. like to see that. Devin Booker leading the Suns to go 8-0. Grant, they didn't get the 8th seed, but they did everything they can, and they're going to carry that momentum into next year, and all these young players getting that valuable experience in a bubble, uh, including Mikael Bridges, uh, Aiden out there. You know, they, they just looked good. Uh, Ricky Rubio looked like himself, so I'm excited <laughs> for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, shout out to Draymond Green getting fined for $50,000 <laughs> trying to do commentator and tell him to leave the Phoenix. But uh, I liked it. I liked what I saw of the Phoenix Suns too. Man, they they really searched. 8-0, only team to go undefeated. That's one of the teams I thought was like, and we we talked about this before. It's like, man, Devin Booker, he is the real deal. Get him out of, uh, get him out of Phoenix. We don't, we don't see a future there for him. But damned if he didn't take his teammate, no. And I think they might have been I don't want to say dangerous in the playoffs because playoffs are different, man. When you're talking about seven game series, you can definitely break a person down, break a team down and find their weaknesses. And these playoff teams are professionals. I mean, they are experts at that. The coaching staffs are expert at exposing weaknesses. And I don't think Phoenix is a playoff team, but they they went crazy in the bubble and it's all because of Devin Booker. So yeah, I, I love him as well. I'll tell you, man, this seems like old news, Mike, but Luca. I mean, what can you say about it? Averaging a triple-double in the bubble. 30 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. 48% field goal percentage in the bubble. Dude, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> He's so fun to watch, too. He gets everybody involved. He's a very... uh you know, self selfless player. He doesn't really look for the stats. He he feeds his teammates like crazy. He drives to the the uh, the hoop well, and uh, his shot keeps getting better. And having Porzingis, those two seem like they're uh, getting together like peanut butter and jelly, man, because they're doing some good good things on the court. So yeah, Luca's definitely a story. Uh, and luckily for us, we get another at least fifteen years of the guy. Oh, no doubt. He's a baby. And you're right. Peanut butter and jelly is correct, Mike. They they are going together like PB and J. But one of my favorite sandwiches in the world. No wonder I love watching them. Uh, it's going to be interesting, dude. That That's a perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about. Let's, let's discuss the Western Conference Finals and let's break this down round by round. I wanted to talk about, you know, we've, we've got the Mavericks and we've got them playing the Clippers. Let's go ahead and start there. I, I, I was going to start somewhere else, but since we're talking about these guys, are, are the Mavericks a threat to the Clippers, Mike? And when let me let me let me go ahead and break that down a little bit further. 
one, do you think there's a chance that they can beat him? But more importantly, and, and really what's on my mind is can they take them to seven games? Because I, I would love to see them tire the Clippers out a little bit as they progress through the, play, through the playoffs. So talk to me about what do you think this matchup holds for us? Kev, I think it's going to be tough on the Clippers. I could see it going 4-2 in their favor. Uh, Dallas just gets hot, man, and they put up a lot of different points. I don't think they're there on the defensive side yet. Still a little young. Uh, you know, you got to kind of have those growing pains in the NBA for the majority of franchises, minus like the Golden State Warriors who just, you know, went all the way through it. Um, I think it's going to be a good experience for the Mavericks to kind of take out in the offseason and do some deep, deep reflection, some soul thinking, like what do I have to do to get better? How do we get our defensive side? How do we work better as a team? But uh, if I'm the Clippers, I'm not happy about this draw. I think the only team I'd rather not have instead of the Mavericks would be the Lakers right now because they're full, they're going full cylinders and they're going to put some uh, they're going to put some track on the wheels. Put it that way. Yeah, they they are, man. So I'm looking at when I think about the Clippers. Here's the thing: they have two of the best wing defenders in the game, and that's hugely important. But but let me just tell you, man, what do they do about Kristoffs? I mean, here, here's the thing, man, or Chris Stapp, I, I call him Kristoff. Why, why do I do that? Some people call it's Chris Stapp's Porzingis. What do they do about Porzingis, Mike? Here's the deal. You got a seven-footer that can put up three points like crazy. He's mid, his mid-range game is incredible. He's a great shot blocker. What's the answer for, for a Porzingis? And that's the same thing that I've asked about, you know, what's their answer for Anthony Davis? Should they meet in the Western Conference Finals? What, what do they do there? They're a little bit short at the centerpiece. I know people like Montrezl Harrell, and I, I like him as well. But I don't know that he's popping out and guarding the three. Who is? What do they do about Porzingis? Not to mention Luca. It's going to be a tough fight for them. But do you think? Do you think they have a fighter's chance, a puncher's chance at go ahead and and, and potentially shocking the world and beating the Clippers? Do you think it's out of the uh, absolutely no chance this happened? Kev, I never want to say there's no chance. But if I was the Mavericks, I would have liked any other team. I think the Clippers just have so much depth on their team. Uh, you know, uh, Porzingis and Luca when they're out. Well, the Clippers are still scoring crazy. They've got a sixth and seventh guy that's that averages 15, 18 points. It, it really doesn't uh, matter. Doc Rivers, excellent coach. He'll have a plan. But yeah, you're right. The unicorn, Porzingis in the center of the court. If I'm the Mavericks, I'm running my offense through him, put him in a post, having everyone condense. And with all those shooters, uh, they get hot enough. I mean, anything could happen, but... Uh, I still just think the Clippers got too much talent, too much experience, and seeing Paul George the way he's emerged too, I think that's a huge difference maker that they didn't have going in at the end, like you know, uh, March and April. Now they got they got a healthy Paul George, and that's another thing. Who's going to slow down the Clippers' offense on the Mavericks side? It's great you could score a lot of points, but let's not act like the Clippers can't put up points themselves. That's right. That's right. I, I anticipate shootouts. You remember, I think it was the first or second game of the bubble, the Mavericks played the Rockets. I think that they scored in the 160s on each other. If that's what it takes for the Mavericks to hang in, they'll play that game. They'll reserve their energy for offense. Um, all I'm saying is they might give them a fit. I, I don't look for them to get out of the first round, especially because of their matchup, but it would be very, very interesting if it went down to a game seven. Luka might shock the world. Kristaps might shock the world. We'll see. Either way, I want to. I want to move on. I I smell an upset, Mike. I think I might have talked to you about this a little bit ago, but I want to talk about the Rockets and Thunder's. And for the listeners right now, if you don't know the backstory, you've got Chris Paul that was traded to the Thunder's almost as a, as a throwaway. 
And a lot of people thought, yeah, you're going to just Chris, Chris Paul will go there and kind of wither up and look for this next year to get with a contender and maybe compete again. In trade, the, the, the Rockets got Westbrook, and you've got Harden and Westbrook now facing Westbrook's old team with Chris Paul, who was on Houston last year and who's been there for four or five years. They had great, fantastic historical playoff runs, almost beat one of the best teams in history um, in the playoffs in the Golden State Warriors. So there's a lot of drama building up in this series, Mike. Here's the kicker. Russell Westbrook's not going to play the first three or four games. He's hurt. So now you've got Harden versus Chris Paul, former teammates going up in the playoffs in the bubble. What happens here, Mike? I'm going to tell you, Chris Paul is downright nasty, and he is, he, is, he is leading this team, and they're playing. He's got some good role players there, no real superstars, but they're unselfish. I want to know what you think about this particular series. I think it's fool's gold, Kev. You just found a nugget out in the desert. You take it in and you find out it is fake, man. I want to say the Rockets end up 4-1, 4-2 this series. I think they got too much playoff experience. Chris Paul, is he going to stay healthy? I don't know. Every time he's in the playoffs, he seems like he's limping off the court. Uh, It sounds like a great story, but D'Antonio, he's going to be having his boys ready. And uh, James Harden's he's just phenomenal. And I, I kind of go with your side that I don't really like to watch. I wouldn't want to be on a team, but he's he's an interesting watch. And uh, his three-point percentage is high. The offense is built around him. You got Tucker. You still got Eric Gordon, who's now who's now healthy. I think they'll be okay. But uh, what, what says you, Kev? I think Steven Adams is a problem, and he's overlooked. I don't think the Rockets have any answer in the paint for really any big man. Stephen Adams, Stephen Adams is on, uh, he, he's overlooked. Chris Paul, he he's having a great year. Mike, he's averaging 18 points a game. You know, absolutely know he's crushing it on assist side, getting everybody involved. Gallinari, also underlooked, underrated, uh, overlooked, underrated. Dennis Schroeder can be a problem as a backup point guard. They've got some players that can be issues on a team in the Rockets that does not play defense. And look, I think Chris Paul is going to make it his absolute mission to be on James Harden. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that James Harden now scores 30 points a night as opposed to 35 that he's averaging? Maybe, but it might mean that he has to take a lot more shots to get there as well. So it's very interesting dynamic. They're going to do everything in their mind or in their power to shut down James Harden. And that's the thing, Mike. Who's the other go-to scorer there? That's the beauty of the Rockets' makeup is when you've got Russell Westbrook on the court, then, man, if one of them's not feeling it, or, I mean, you've got another scorer there who can lead the offense without question, but who is that guy without Russell? You tell me. Maybe Gordon. Um, I don't know. I don't think when Chris Paul, this isn't Chris Paul 10 years ago that can lock down Harden. I think Harden would actually welcome that because he's got a size advantage. And something people don't know about James Harden, man, he is a strong player. I know mm-hmm. he does a lot of shots. He does. He, he, he is a very strong player taken to the hole. He would size up Chris Paul. And uh, I know Chris Paul wants a piece of him, but don't think Harden don't want the other way around, man. These guys don't like each other. It's going to be instant intrigue to watch to see who comes out on top. I'm rolling with the Rockets. They've been in the playoffs a lot more times recently. Almost beat the Warriors we talked about. They've got some big-time experience. But uh, Thunder, and they they got a lot of young, interesting players. And Chris Paul is a general on the court. You know, I, it, it could be interesting. You, you are so right 
about James Harden. He is a once in a lifetime. I don't say generation. I say once in a lifetime scorer, Mike. We've not seen anything like the way that dude plays ball. You're right. And look, I don't care who's guarding him. I don't care if he's double teamed all night. He's going to get 30 most nights. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. It's different if James Harden is getting 30 going 9 for 14 or 9 for 12 and ripping it up at the free throw. It's another thing if he's getting 30 going 9 for 22 and and not getting to the line, you know what I mean? Chris Paul can create and not to mention, dude, he's one of the most he's Chris Paul is one of the smartest players that's ever played and he was a teammate for James uh, of James Harden for 4 years. He knows how he plays. <laughs> yes, he does. So I mean, and, and he, I'm going to tell you, nobody likes playing against Chris Paul because he gets under people's skin. People hate him. Like, it's like one of the team, it's one of the reasons like people didn't want to even be teammates with him because they've played against him. They hate him so bad. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I look, I am not trying to say that uh, I would bet on this, but I'm saying that it wouldn't surprise me. And I, I am actually surprised at you, the thinking that it, it, it might, it, they, it only might go five games. I think it's a seven-game series. It's interesting. We're, we're, we're going to have to see um, how it shakes out. But that's one of the that's one of the series that I'm most interested in. Round one is uh, is Rockets Thunder. Let's move on. Let's talk about the Jazz versus the Nuggets, Mike. You know, I I live here in Utah. I watch the Jazz play a lot. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell haven't missed a step. Those boys are balling. They're good. They're good players. They seem to play well against the Nuggets. But talk to me about this series. Who do you like and why? I'm going Denver all day uh, with injury to Bognovic, um for the Utah Jazz, you know, coming to the bubble. That kind of set them at a disadvantage. And I don't know, we, we didn't talk about him as one of the players that's emerging right now, but Michael Porter Jr. is having a heck of a time in this bubble, averaging 22 Jeez. points, 8.6 rebounds. That could be the difference maker that Denver needed. Yeah, they got the Joker, they've got certain pieces, but. I think Denver is actually a little bit scared and people give them credit for being that they got an extra asset, this super athletic uh, forward that can get to the get to the hoop whenever he wants. Utah, just too many injuries, and we talked about it, man. The spider, is he good? I don't know. I don't know what the chemistry is. It seems like it's better, but I still can't. I, I, I think the Nuggets got this, man. How about you? You're, you're out in Utah. You probably got a better feeling than I do. No, I agree. I agree. It's um, I, I love Donovan Mitchell, man. It's going to be incredible to see him play really well somewhere outside of Utah, <laughs> which is unfortunate. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I don't think they have it. I actually think this is a four one. I think that I, I think that this this goes five games. I think that um, the Nuggets sweep it up pretty quick. You you hit the nail on the head, man. Michael Porter Jr. He is not being talked about enough. Dude is balling. Out of nowhere. He is straight up balling. And I don't even want to say out of nowhere. He had a back injury in college. He dropped in the draft. Everybody was saying if he was healthy, he would have been easily the number one overall pick, and he would have been blowing mine since day one. But that dude looks awesome. So it's going to be interesting to see you know, what this Nuggets team does. If they can really develop a chemistry and blow through the Jazz, they might be a hard out next round. So I, uh, I'm with you all day. I don't want to dispute that by any means. We already talked Clippers and Mavs. You're going Clippers. I'm going Clippers as well. Um, again, I think they got a, a puncher's chance, the Mavericks, but we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Let's talk about the um, – I mean, and, and I'm not just saying this because of the Lakers, but I'm, I'm saying this more about the Blazers. Let's talk about the uh, the series of this first round. Um, my opinion, it's going to be Lakers-Blazers. Mike, I don't want to say I'm nervous, but my antennas are up for sure. What do you got happening in this series? 
Oh, I got the Lakers just working the Blazers. I, I think it's a whole lot of hoopla, the conversations about the Blazers. And I get Damian Litter. He's Dame's playing crazy right now. You know, he's got the most 60 point games, I think, in 70 years. But the reality is, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are going to attack the hoop over and over again. And the Blazers are horrible, absolutely terrible at that part of their defensive scheme. People just walk right down the court and they just drive right to the hoop and dunk it as hard as they can time after time. I think the Blazers are going to have their hands full. No answer for AD, no answer for LeBron, and LeBron's coming out with a vengeance, man. Dude, I uh, I hope that's right. I hope that's right. I think that's right. I don't know that it's as easy. I think I could see it going six. But um, here, here's my question, Mike. I, I know all the, I, I can go up and down the Lakers roster and tell you where the Blazers will have problems. I can do that. But, dude, you got Dame Lillard that is out of his mind. What do the Lakers do about him? Who, who guards him? Kev, they're going to run. And then, yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Ask me, ask me. No, I'm, uh, please tell me. Who guards, who guards him? Who do you see guarding Dame Lillard <laughs> and keeping him from scoring this incredible average of 37 points a game? And not to mention he's assisting the ball 10 times. He is going to be a matchup nightmare, but I still think the Lakers are going to have too much for them to handle. I don't know who's going to guard them. Maybe Green gets out there. Uh, J.R. Smith certainly ain't going to. Alex Caruso, he's going to get worked. Um, I I think they're going to have their difficulties on that end. But the reality is, man, LeBron James and AD are going to be able to get to the bucket every single time, putting a lot of Blazers in foul trouble. If I would say any series might be a sweep, I'm picking this as my sweep. Really? Holy cow, man. That's 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 wild to me. Mike, that's wild to me. I um I don't know that I agree. <laughs> I don't know that I get I just see I I get I, I I look, I didn't see very much chemistry from the Lakers. I think they're gonna get through this series, but I just I think they're gonna battle. I think and they're going to battle. Look, yeah, this is me too. Like I haven't been riding the Lakers carpet the way you have, man. I, true, I, I've been true. pretty critical. I just think it's a matchup nightmare for Portland. I don't think they could stop a player like LeBron James. Just drop. I mean, not many people can, but man, <laughs> I, I watched them a lot during the playoffs, and yeah, they looked great. Or the bubble, I should call it. They cannot stop a strong man like LeBron driving right down the right down the court. I don't know who, who slows him down. Uh, and Damian no, Lillard's no. going to get his. He will. Yeah, no, look, you're making me feel real warm. You're making me feel real fuzzy. <laughs> making me feel stupid too, like I bought into all the hype in the uh, in the Trailblazers. Look, dude, I, I'm such a LeBron fan, and I feel that this is such an opportunity for him to get another chip, and I just can't stand the fact that they're going to – so, I mean, look, dude, Dame is playing out of his mind. CJ, did you see CJ McCollum? God, is he an incredible Robin to Batman, man. He is so good. Carmelo is playing great as a third fiddle. And here's some things I was thinking about too. Dude, Nurkic's no joke. He can get you 18 points. He can get you 20-some points. He's not going to shut down Davis on defense, but I'm going to tell you right now, not a bad spell in Whiteside coming in on the defensive side. Dude's got the exact same body as Anthony Davis. He's an athlete. He's a decent defender as well. I'm saying they've got bodies to throw at him. You're right. Nobody's stopping LeBron. No chance. But um, our shooters got to shoot. They got a lot. Carmelo's been hitting the three. CJ's been hitting the three. Dame's been hitting the three from the other side of the court. I, I don't know, man. It's again. I, I, I agree. I think the Lakers get by him, but I think it's going to give him trouble. Hopefully, not too much trouble. Um, let's move on, man. Let's talk about the East. This is interesting, Mike. I love the Eastern Conference this year. So much 
I guess what I want to say is I, for me, there's no outside, obviously outside of Milwaukee, there's no glaring favorite. I feel like there's so many teams right now. They can just kind of start punching each other in the mouth. Let's talk about the heat and the Pacers. Who do you think takes this series? I obviously, I, I have the heat. I think, uh, I think Jimmy Butler is the best player on the court in this series, even more than uh, PJ Tucker, your boy. You got him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, I, I I think that uh, I think the Heat handles this, and I think they handle it pretty uh, pretty handily. But talk, talk to me about this series, Kev. This might be one of the most physical, you know, rowdy series of the eight that we're going to watch. These teams don't like each other. Um, every time they've played this this year, there's there's a lot of jabbing back and forth. There's some shoving players to the court. They're found like the '80s, man. So I think it's going to be a great watch. Jimmy Butler and the Heat, though, I got to go with them. They they had the the series 3-1 this year through the season, and I just think there's a mental edge there. Um, watching them play throughout the year, I think uh, Miami's kind of like the big bully, and I don't think Indiana is ready to, for that uh, that type of atmosphere. And I think Jimmy Butler got them boys chomping at the bid down in uh, down in Miami South Beach. So I see the Heat getting by. I think it's going to go seven. I think it'll be four three Miami, and I think those teams are going to beat the hell out of each other. Quite frankly, that's great assessment, man. Great assessment. Talk to me a little bit about this drama with uh, with TJ, TJ Warren. You got <laughs> Jimmy Butler. These guys beefing when they met up. Neither of them had blow up games, but definitely Jimmy definitely got the better of them. TJ kind of disappeared in some aspects, but um, dude's averaging thirty one points, six rebounds, two assists. He's got a hell of a three ball right now, fifty two percent from 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 three point. I, I don't feel that that's sustainable, but my goodness, he's he's a player. A lot of people don't realize that he was a player before the bubble. He was averaging 19 points a game before, but he's definitely found his stride in, uh, in, in, in down there in Florida. So talk to me. You think uh, you think there's any chance that this guy comes out and uh, makes even bigger name for himself, or do you think he's going to fade away? Man, Jimmy Butler got one of them like Mamba mentality. I think you talked about it before. He is going to be so locked and loaded for TJ Warren. He's not going to make himself look dumb on a big stage. I feel bad that that's the lineup that they got because we all know that you get your endorsements, you make your shoe deals on the, the playoffs. That's why teams, why content players want to play on contenders. I don't think it's going to be a good look for him. Uh, we'll see though, Kev. I don't know. I, I just I know the level of intensity this game's going to bring is going to look different than the other seven series. I just know it by the way they're talking, by their you know they're they're going back and forth through whether it's social media through the through the media itself. I mean, Jimmy Butler just flat out said he's not going to do that on me. <laughs> not happening. So I don't know uh, what's going to happen, but I could see. 4-3 Miami and whoever goes, you know, they're going to have a tough road after that series. It'll be good basketball, man. The Heat's, you know, I, I got to give credit to the Heat. They're such a good organization, man. They consistently year after year put it together and find ways to make the very, very best happen with what they have. Getting Jimmy Butler this last year with all the other free agency opportunities that he had was uh, almost a miracle in my mind. And it's it's helped them, man. They're in the playoffs and I think they're going to beat the Pacers. So um, good for them. Let's move on. Talk about the Celtics and 76ers. This is very intriguing. No Ben Simmons. You've got uh, Jason Tatum that's playing really, really good in the bubble. What do you think about the 76ers? Um, still got Joel Embiid. Still got a really good roster there. I don't necessarily know that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have ever made, or certainly not this year, have made that prolific matchup that everybody drools over. So maybe Ben Simmons not being there and running absolutely everything through Joel Embiid is not a bad thing. Um but who do you got coming out of this, Mike? Talk to me about why. Kev, I got the Celtics coming out. 
But I think the Sixers are getting fits. I don't know who's going to stop Embiid in the post. And uh, we've talked about time after time, point guard for Boston. He doesn't uh, look like himself. I think the Sixers are going to bully him around a little bit. But Boston's got Tatum. They got Jalen Brown. Those two are dynamic, ascending stars. Um, So I'd say Boston, yeah, easy. I think Boston maybe 4-2. 4-2 sounds good. Maybe 4-1. Yeah, I see that as well. Is I think it was the last game. 76ers just beat the crap out of the Rockets, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you know, they they just they just thrashed them. And it's like they can do that when everybody's hitting and they I mean they they can they can come out and put up 130 on you any given night. But over a seven game series, the Celtics, they they they've got they've got too much. They've got too much ability to score and more importantly they can shut you down on defense we talk about wing defenders all the time um they've got two of the best in the game i don't see them getting out in the first round by any stretch yeah i think four two i think that's being generous to the 76ers i can i'm sorry um yeah four two i think it's being uh, generous to the 76ers to go six games i think it's uh i think it's a five game series in my opinion oddly enough though um, i think the sixers actually and Bede and Ben Simmons, I mean, we've talked about since the beginning of this podcast, they, they don't play well together. So Philadelphia, it might be an actual addition by a subtraction having Ben Simmons off the court. And if Embiid's healthy, he's going to – I mean, I don't know who mans up on him on defense. And that guy could put up 40 points versus Celtics pretty easy, meaning that they have to condense those uh, wing players. Uh, a couple guys start hitting shots. We might be on to something. And Tobias Harris, he's he's looked really good in the bubble too. So No doubt. I'm I'm not saying it's a for sure thing that Boston gets it, but it's pretty close for sure. But I I think 76ers might actually be better without Ben Simmons. And it's time for that franchise to decide who's coming and who's staying. Would you agree? Totally. Totally. Absolutely, man. That's that's perfectly well said. Right now is an opportunity. If Joel Embiid likes being a Philadelphia 76er, this is now a very, very good time to make his claim as to why they get the other guy out. Um, I think I think the 76ers, if they were playing the Heat, the Pacers, the Nets, or the Magic, I think they win in round one. Um, I think they're probably the fifth best team right now on the East, um, but I don't see them beating the Celtics. Let's move on. Let's talk about the Raptors and the Nets. This is easy for me. You know that my, um, I, I don't want to call them a dark horse, but the Raptors are one of my favorite teams in the league right now. I love how they play. I love how they are so selfless. Their defense is stellar. They play as a team. They got a lot of budding superstars, and they got some old vets on there that know how to play. I don't see this as being a uh, a competition. I think this is a uh, I think that this is a sweep in my mind. Four zero to the Raptors. What do you think about it? Well, let me drop this disclaimer real quick that the Brooklyn Nets did reach out to me to see if I can make it to the bubble, but you know, unfortunately, <laughs> having a baby and starting the school year here, I wasn't able to go. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, this is going to be True. a sweep. Uh, the Raptors have huge game experience. They're in the playoffs every single year. This Nets team is just kind of a mix and match of dudes. And uh, the Raptors are hitting on all cylinders right now. Like, I wouldn't want any piece of them. Uh, Kyle Lowry, man, nope. is just – he's on a different level. Um, you got Pascal. You you just got a team that plays team basketball. And I think we talked about this on the one podcast when they were playing the Lakers. To watch their rotation on the defensive side of the ball is like an art form, man. Like, this is how you should be teaching kids to play team basketball. And on offense, there's no selfishness. There's no eye on, on this team. Great coached. I, I gotta say, this is gonna be a quick sweep, Kev. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I agree. This is this is four, and that's well said, Mike. You're right. Fundamentally sound basketball um, played by selflessness or selfless uh, players. Man, it's a, a fantastic squad there. I look for them 
to uh, threaten Milwaukee if these guys meet, and I think they will. But let me tell you, Mike, incredible that the Nets are a playoff team without their two superstars and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, that team is going to get gnarly next year. Um, when Kevin Durant gets back on that team, if you just put Kevin Durant on that team right now, um, they are a hard out. Yeah. Add Kyrie Irving, either they are indestructible or Kyrie will blow them up for us. So <laughs> one of the two will happen. I, think, I don't know which, but... Hey, we've seen that. We've seen that movie before. And uh, one more thing I want to add about the Raptors that really stands out. Um, they just have length. They've got a lot of length between Ibaka, Marcus Gasol, uh, you know, Van Fleet. You've got Pasca. Like, they... It, they, I was there's say, not Siakam ain't small. There's not passing lanes versus team. And Lowry is small, but he'll he'll get a couple charges a game, even against your your all star player. Like I know he did it versus LeBron versus the Lakers, and we're like, whoa, man, that's it's different. But uh, you're not wrong about the Nets. I mean, I, you've got to give them credit for the way they're playing. They, they're not giving up. They're trying to get these young players some experience. And uh, Durant comes back healthy. Watch out, NBA, because this man is crazy good. There is no answer oh to, on the defensive side for Kevin Durant. Nope. Nope. Even if he's at 90%, 85%, he's still top three shooter in the league. He's still going to blow you up. Yep. I look for that team to make some major noise next year. It's going to be interesting. Um, let's talk about the final matchup of round one in the East. We got the Milwaukee Bucks, Orlando Magic. No brainer in my mind. 4-0 sweep. Nothing to talk about, in my opinion, on the Magic side. Other than the fact that they've made it to the playoffs with... Very, very little talent. They've got some budding stars. they got a you know, young roster, but very little talent there, in my opinion. Um, kind of speaks to the East maybe being weak on the latter end of it. Um, I think the Bucks crush them. What do you think, Mike? You know, watching the Magic, they're young players coming together and playing better. And, uh, you know, even like Markel Fultz has found a home there. It just kind of makes me sad that the Cleveland Cavs aren't even close to this conversation. And we already know the Bucks are going to sweep them. I mean, the Bucks are on a mission. Giannis is it. But seeing Orlando's rebuild compared to Cleveland's no plan rebuild, where we've got veterans that, you know, should be chasing rings and eating up our salary cap. And then you watch this team put together, like, you know, it, it, it's kind of sad, but uh, yeah, they don't have a chance versus Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee is going to lay the smack down, do it quick, and uh, you know, and, and if it does line like that, Milwaukee is going to get the Heat or the Pacers, and those players are going to be tired as hell. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. I think, yeah, I, they they could very well float through the first two rounds. Bucks are looking tough. They got the uh, you know the reigning MVP, potential MVP this year in uh, in Giannis. The, those guys are tough. Not to mention, Brooke Lopez came to play in the bubble. Did you see him playing? <laughs> he's shooting threes like a freaking Seth Curry or Steph Curry, man. No doubt, man. He's got 20.6 rebounds, two blocks per game. He's shooting 44% from the three. Hey, man, that's today's league. That's today's league. He's uh, he's crushing it, man. He's uh, he's got. To, I, I love the two blocks a game too. That makes it hard for those to, for for you to get inside and, and score on them in the paint. And the rest of their team is pretty long too. Don't forget, Giannis is damn near as tall as Brooke, right? Kevin, you got Kyle Korver, you got Eric Bledsoe who does his thing. The biggest question mark about the Milwaukee Bucks, and everyone's priority talking about, is is Chris Middleton a true number two? If this man does it and he does it at a high level, contract earned. Giannis stays. There is so much on the Bucks during this postseason. Giannis needs to get to the finals, in my opinion, or he's going to start searching for other venues to play at, man. Yeah, uh, I've told you my opinion on that. I think 
what, either way, I think if he wins or loses, I think free agency gets to him. Um, I think free agency gets to him. I think it's be way too tempting to match up with a Steph Curry and a Clay Thompson, or way too tempting to go up to Brooklyn play with Kevin Durant. It's going to be very, very tempting uh, for Giannis to leave home. I think whether he wins or not, he's gone. But Chris Middleton, yeah, it's the key this year for these guys getting over the hump. And some nights he looks like that player, Mike. He does, but some nights he doesn't. You know, so but some nights it's like, damn, yeah, that's that's why they that's why they paid him. I mean, he looks good. Let me just add this in here too. Uh, I'm already starting a Dallas recruitment. I want to see him play with Porzingis Gosh, and Luca. Incredible. Man. That would be one of the funnest. You know, one of the best teams to ever watch. Imagine the highlight films of Luca throwing a oop. And Giannis coming down, slamming it down. Porzingis is doing his thing, dude. Like, that's got to happen. And if he's leaving, that's where you go, man. Start somewhere new. Don't go to Miami. Don't do what LeBron did. Don't go to the Warriors. We we, we hate the Warriors here, Kevin and I do. And uh, maybe, yep, you know, yep. that, that just that just being real. So, uh, obviously, we'd love to have him in our Cleveland Cavs. But, man, I looking at this playoff scenario, I think it might be a long time before we, we show back up. Hey, I want to meet the Wizard. That could convince Giannis to go to Cleveland. I want to meet that guy. <laughs> yeah. I want to shake his hand. I want to learn from him. If Giannis end up, if he, if he, if he went to the Cleveland Cavaliers, shame on his, uh, if shame on his agent. And uh, there goes his, you just flush the toilet, man. There goes his career. That ain't happening. But um, man, that would be sweet if he went to the Mavericks. Can you imagine, like you'd mentioned, that young talent? And I, I, I would hope that he could see a little bit past how incredible it would be to go to play for the Warriors. But those guys are veterans, man. Those guys had their run. Let's 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 get some youth. Let's let's try to do something generational here and get a brand new dynasty and uh, and create that in Dallas. I would love it because I love those players there. It's a great comment, Mike. And I don't think I don't, that I don't think he's following. I don't think he's following Durant. That'd be the Durant way. You know, he can go the he can't go to the the Warriors. He'd have to do something different, and that might be just it. I certainly ain't going to Houston, and I haven't watched James Harden dribble the ball for twenty three seconds and maybe pass it no to me. Way. You know, I, I think that's the location. No, those guys got beef, anyways. Those guys got beef anyways. You remember that they were uh, Harden was talking about how the only reason uh, Giannis is good is because he's tall, and uh, Giannis was talking. Yeah, those yeah. guys. Those guys had beef this season. Yeah, now that ain't happening. Hey, Kev, let me but, let um, me let me do something real quick though, because naturally we're positive people. So we talked about what we really liked. Who was a letdown in this bubble? Either team, player, coach. What was something you're like? What what happened? Do you a letdown? A letdown for me, man. I. It's a great question, Mike. Sorry, I, I don't want to say this. No, no, it's a great question. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say this because I don't want to jump the gun. I don't want to be that guy. But it was a letdown because of how I built expectations, and that's what's difficult, and that's what's dangerous in life is to live in a world of expectations, which I did. I created this expectation that the Lakers were going to come into the bubble and just beat the crap out of everybody and play full tilt and just put their foot on the gas. And they didn't, and, and and their wins were lackluster. You know, they they were almost like they won because they have better players, not because they were playing better. If that makes any sense, um, I don't want to jump to the conclusion because I've seen it time and time again that when a team locks up the one seed, they typically take four or five games to just kind of relax give their but the only thing with me is that that's during a game an 82 game season yeah. that's not this season that's after playing so many games that's not so that's not what's happened here so I, I guess in my mind I expected the Lakers to come out and play full tilt for all of those games 
And I didn't see that happen outside of the first game where they beat an undermanned Clippers team. So again, where I don't want to start, you know, pushing the emergency button on these guys, we haven't seen them play playoff basketball. They very well might have been, um, you know, just working out the kinks or whatever. And not to mention, Frank Vogel had pretty much every lineup humanly possible, mathematically possible for a 13-man roster on that court at times. I saw guys that I didn't even know played for the Lakers on the court for three-fourths of the game at some point. So I think there's a good argument to be made that Vogel was checking and seeing exactly what he has and when he can use it. So I think maybe a lot of trial and error for me being apologetic on that front. But if you're asking me where my letdown was, yeah, it was with my team, man. It was with the Lakers. Well, I, I, what about for you, Kev? Man, I I can't get out of my mind the Pelicans' lack of energy, lack of urgency, uh, and hearing hearing this report that Zion Williamson is going to be ripped and shredded and looking in shape, and he didn't. Yep. And that Brandon Ingram's the next uh, big thing, and he wasn't. And Alonzo Ball, I I advocate for you and top point guards in the league, and you certainly did me no favors by these series because. Were you out there? I, I, I can't tell. So it, it, well, to me, it was just very disappointing that I feel like the NBA wanted to get them into the eighth seed, and, and they were a hard watch. Dude, you're – man, that's such a great pool. And let me tell you, I was also bought into that hype, that one picture that surfaced of Zion looking like he had straight up lived in the gym. <laughs> um, dude, I'm thinking to myself, holy cow, when I saw him play that first game in the bubble, I was like – yeah, he might have pulled away from the dinner table a little bit early, but drove right up to the donut buffet and smashed because he is as big as I have <laughs> ever seen. Yeah. I mean, the dude is big. And then and so I hear all these other places. So I, I heard an analysis on his uh, on his knee. I'm talking about the procedures that he's had on his knee. I think he's had three at this point. And each time they go in there, they're taking away more and more cartilage that's separating his knee. And that's, that's, that's compact cartilage, man. That's when you jump and you land, that cartilage is there so that your bones don't rub together. And the fact is, you're, you've got a guy who is by far, and I would, I would argue far and away, top, top, what, top three athletes in the league right now, I mean, can literally jump through the roof. But brother, he weighs 300 pounds. Yeah. And that's no joke. He weighs 300 pounds. Your legs can't take that. My legs can't take that. The human body can't take that. Dude, do, do, do you remember when Blake Griffin got in the league his rookie year and he jumped and broke his leg? Do you remember that? <laughs> yes, I do, man. That was nasty. Look, I was going to say, look, look, I was going to say, look it up. It wasn't some crazy collision, it wasn't some ankle roll. It was Blake Griffin driving to the lane, jumped dunked the ball, came down, and he fractured his leg because of how much force the dude jumps with. Add 120 pounds to Blake Griffin's body and and, and see how long he's going to last in the league. So here, here's what I've heard. I've heard a lot of doctors for other teams saying, guy's got to lose weight. Got to lose weight or he's not going to make it past his first contract. You got his team doctor saying, nope, that's his frame. That, that, that's just how we, that's how he is. That's how he's supposed to be. Think of him as like Charles Barkley or think of him as like, you know, tractor trailer type body. You know what I mean? It's like, no, 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 no. That's garbage. You got to control this kid. Get him away from the dinner table, man. Cause they're, they're, uh, yeah, they're starting to look Cleveland Cavalier-esque with how they're handling their superstars, Mike. And speaking about Charles Barkley, he said a story about when he was with the Sixers that Moses Malone came up to him and said, man, you're fat and you're lazy and you're not going to make it in this league. And Charles Barkley took that to heart. Who on the Pelicans is going to tell Zion, you got to get your butt in shape, man? 
I don't know. Yeah. And, and and Drew Holiday and Josh Hart, uh, JJ Redick, like I think it's the first time JJ Redick hasn't made the playoffs. Some of these veteran players. Yep. And again, yep. man, Brandon Ingram, he 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 gets stats, but dude. It's like the Dak Prescott. You're getting a bunch of garbage stats at the end of the game or versus bad teams. We need you to step up here, and I didn't see it. And somebody check if Lonzo Ball is even around because I didn't see him on the court yeah. at all, man. Like it, it was yeah. very disappointing to see Lonzo Ball just kind of disappear because I advocate big on our point guard podcast. Probably got a little bit carried away. My brother actually told me that. He's like, man, you really like Lonzo Ball? And I was like, I might have been drinking a Kool-Aid that day, you know? So – I don't know. <laughs> he goes, you got to be making this that's up. That's funny, but well, that's well, that's the thing. I I like Lonzo too. You're right. I I, I read and heard reports that he was uh, that he was kind of checked out ever since entering into the bubble. Here's the thing, Mike. Take Brad Stevens. Put him as the head coach of that team. You got the entire league would be a craze about the talent and about what they're doing. You got Brandon Ingram. I don't care what anybody says. Pay that guy. Yeah. Keep that guy. He's a 20-plus score. He's decent on defense. He's a shot. He can facilitate his own shots. He's a good player. Real good player. Fantastic second player. You got Lonzo Ball, one of the better passing facilitator point guards in the league. And he's athletic. And he's a defender. Not to mention you got Zion and all these other key players. You get a good coach in there and create the right atmosphere, these guys are going to go far. That's been I – mean, you, don't, you don't let go of Alvin Gentry right now and the way that they did it. Also, considering the fact that they were playing Zion on these weird minute restrictions and how big he is and how Lonzo's checked out. And it seems like Brandon Ingram was the only one that was bought in outside of the first game where they took Utah and put him against the ropes. But that's a great point, man. Yeah, the Pelicans were super, super disappointing with an opportunity to get into the playoffs. Um, lackluster approach for sure. And I would argue um, a lot of those players right now are a product of their environment. There's something going on over there. Yeah, uh, probably the reason for the dismissal of the head coach. So great, great point, man. Yeah, and I would also say Let me add- uh, the Grizzlies oh, too. I, you know, John Morant, he's going to be rookie of the year. And we all know that young players don't win this league, but I want to see them. You know, I, John Morant, I guess it came out that his fingers hurt. So that's why he didn't look the same player. And uh, obviously they're, they're, they're young. They're not there yet, but they were kind of a disappointment to me. Not in the level the Pelicans were, but – yeah, I wanted to see more from them just because the hype. And, you know, something that's cool about this bubble is every single night there's games on. And during the day there's games on because they're on the East Coast. Yeah. So, like, you're, you're seeing these teams you don't see a whole lot of. And when I did watch the Grizzlies, uh, it just didn't look good on my uh, on my my TV. Not what I was hoping. Yeah, I was disappointed, though. I didn't have very high expectations for them. I've, look, I've, I've looked at them all year as being a Ja Morant-hyped team. Um, ja coming in, my opinion, easily the rookie of the year. Looked good at times. Incredible score. Incredible player. Yeah. I hate this crap about his finger being hurt. I, I hate that. Oh, yeah, job. You know, he underperformed because it was a like, get over it, man. He's a rookie. He underperformed because he's a rookie in a bubble during COVID where nobody has ever seen anything like this. And his team's not that great. No. <laughs> That's it. He's a fantastic <laughs> player. He's a fantastic player. And I loved what he did. And I think he's going to wreck the league for the next 15 years. I think he's going to be great. And uh, as soon as he gets out of Memphis, he'll also win a championship. It'll be awesome to see. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me ask you this, Mike. Give me a prediction right now. What will be your biggest wow moment of the first round? What is going to be the biggest? Wo- yeah, damn, that's incredible. Didn't see that coming. Maybe you're predicting it. Nobody else is seeing it coming. Give me your, your biggest wow moment of this first round right now. All right. I got two of them, Kev. 
And uh, number one, I talked about, man, I think the Heat Pacers is going to be a vintage 80s game, man. Uh, you know, Chicago Bulls versus the Detroit Pistons, where they're, they're throwing haymakers, shoving each other ground. I think it's going to be something that the, the old school fans want to see, and I think it's coming because that seems to be the nature of these two teams. Another one I'm calling right now, and I might be completely off on this, I think the Lake Show is just going to sweep right by the Blazers. I've seen LeBron, the way he prepares his body, his team, I think they're going to be ready. They're coming out hot. The Blazers think they're kind of full of themselves right now, which could be good or bad. I don't see an answer for LeBron James. And uh, make no mistake, this guy's playing for his legacy. Great predictions. Great predictions. Um, okay, I'm going to do one for you. So I got two as well. And and I and I love both of those. You'd mentioned the, the Heat Pacers. In fact, they, they weren't, don't get me wrong, they were on my radar. Um, but not necessarily as much as you. But I do think that's going to be a battle of will, and it's going to be really gritty. Be fun to watch. Here, here are my two predictions. One, I want to go back to the Houston Rockets. I want to go back to the uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I am now going to go out on a ledge and say this. I think the Rockets fall in round one. Whoa. Um, okay. That that is that that is my wow moment, man. I think the Rockets fall in round one. I'm looking over this roster, Mike. And I am seeing a bunch of players that play really, really well when they have a lead ISO scorer that's playing lights out. James Harden cannot do that for seven games, 36, 38 minutes a game without somebody to share the load. Can't be done. Cannot be done. He's not done it before. He's had millions of opportunities, not to mention James also chokes. He also chokes in the playoffs. So that's one of my bold predictions. I think Chris Paul gets the better of him and laughs his way out of Oklahoma because he'll be gone next year too. He's not going to stay at Oklahoma. Um, That's one. Number two, LeBron will average a triple-double in this first round. That's my opinion. Um, Might not be very bold prediction, but I think he averages a triple-double because you made that point earlier, and I've I've thought about this as well the entire time. Um, There is no answer for LeBron. I would also say that uh, Damian Lillard's going to average a triple double too, because there's no answer for him. But um, I think LeBron does it in finer style. And yeah, you're right. I think they take care of the Blazers. I don't. I don't know that it's a sweep, but I, I surely hope. Um, Mike, last thing I want to ask you before we go, and I think we should do this every single round of the playoffs. But right now, based on all the information that we have, who comes out of the East? Who comes out of the West? Who do we see in the finals? I'm staying put, man. I'm going to put my feet in the ground and stand there regardless. I'm going to go Clippers from the West, Bucks from the East. It's going to be a hard journey for both, uh, you know, especially the conference championships. But I can't see the Clippers' depth being questioned in the West. I think Kawhi is the baddest man in the league. And Paul George looks like old school Paul George. I don't think there's answers for those two guys. And when you talk about the East, the Bucks own it. They've got so much length. They've got the best player in the league too, by many people's considerations. And uh, they they got a good teamwork going going forward. I, I don't see anybody slowing them down, but the Raptors are my radar. All right. You heard it, world. Mike's got Clippers and Milwaukee facing up in the finals. Who, Here's my bold predictions. Go go what were you gonna say? Who, who you got, Kev? So here 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 it is, man. Here's my bold prediction. I've got Lakers showing out in the West. I'm going to stay put there as well. I think the Lakers are going to show out in the West. If the Mavericks take the Clippers to seven games in this first round, I might put money on it that the Lakers take, uh, take the West. On the East Coast, 
favorites are obviously Milwaukee. But dude, I'm going to be bold and I'm going to ride the Raptors getting back there for a second year in a row. Raptors Lakers. That's my prediction. Wow. Yeah, I got to, man. I I I'm I'm thinking back historically. There there's a lot of times where there are two favorites, a favorite in the West, a favorite in the East, and typically that happens. But in our recent history, those teams have been the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Those are surefire bets. If you look back through those, you know, five, six years, those are surefire bets. And before that, you got LeBron down in Miami. That's also, that was sure. Basically, any team that LeBron was on was guaranteed to be to the finals for nine years in a row. True. Right? So it's been very, very easy to predict up until now. But here's the thing, man. Giannis has never, never been king of the East. This is his first time on top of the mountain. So we got to see him do it. Um, Do not forget, the Raptors are the current champions. And they're playing damn good basketball. So it's going to be interesting to see. Mike, brother, it has been fun, man. Great episode. I love talking to NBA. We will be back very, very shortly. We want to discuss the first round after these first games take place here in a few days. And we'll keep everybody up to speed as to what is happening in the NBA world. If you guys have not tuned into the bubble, do yourself a favor and look at the NBA and how they are not only representing the game of basketball, but how they are representing humanity. It is incredible, the display of humanity that they are making day in and day out with these athletes and hats off to all of the athletes not just the black athletes but the white athletes and every single one of them that are playing and representing humanity so that we can come together as a collective unit it is very impressive to see light years ahead of the nfl if the nfl is watching please take notes this is exactly how you should do it i feel great about it mike i know you do too so i just want to go ahead and end with the quote of the day listen up people you're your best judge of character so when we, we must take moments to listen in silence. It's in silence that we can truly hear ourselves. Listen to yourself, trust your gut, and do your best every day. Guys, the NBA is back. The sports world is back. We are super excited. Stay with us. Make sure that you subscribe to whatever outlet you are listening, and we will catch you next time. We are FanPop. Mike, great job. See you next time, brother. We are out. We are out.